Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hello guys, how are you doing? Welcome to Parenthood Friday. Uh, message of the week. I had to tell you guys, like I said, love when you come and chat with me, but message of the week, I had one of the GND listeners who messaged me to say that her and her husband are currently driving around. So a big shout out to this beautiful um, girl, if you're listening, but they're driving around Scotland with their newborn baby. Um, They are from Australia, but binging Girl Next Door Parenthood episodes. I just, that absolutely made my day, made my week. Um, I don't know if you guys realize, but when you send messages, I actually snapshot them and add them to an album on my folder. Uh, um, Sorry, an album on my phone. So, you know, when it gets a little bit like, oh, this is hard work. um, I read them and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to keep going because it's obviously really value adding to you guys. So thank you. Can I ask you a big favor though, guys? Can you turn your your beautiful, nice messages into an actual written review, uh, which as you know, I'm pretty sure I've said this a million times. I don't think we can do it on Spotify, but we can on Apple. Um, I had a goal at the start of the year where I was like, okay, Lord, I want to reach 200,000 downloads by the end of this year. Um, a pretty big um, goal, but I thought, okay, I'm not usually a massive big dreamer, but I thought I'll, I'll do it. And guys, I'm up to 180,000. So I'm so stoked. So when you guys um, subscribe, share, uh, but particularly the written reviews and the ratings, um, I don't know, it does something to the algorithm, thingamy, thingamy, majigamy, that's how technical I get. All right. So guys, today, this might be a two-part series. We'll see how long it takes, but I wanted to talk to you about the value of jobs and pocket money. And um, and I wanted to talk to you about the mistake. It's not really a mistake. Shall we call it a mistake? Let's just go with the word mistake. The mistake that we tend to to make when it comes to pocket money and jobs. So that's where I want to go. Um, the reason that this kind of twigged that I thought, oh yes, we should definitely talk about this is I had a good friend of mine and also a listener of Girl Next Door asked me about pocket money the other day and whether or not to give it in association with the jobs that we do and Um, you know, is that the right thing to do, the wrong thing to do? And it really got me thinking because some, some of what Cameron and I did as parents, we just kind of did automatically, like intuitively. And I just knew it to be the right thing for us to do, but I didn't really think about why. And the whole connection with pocket money and family jobs were one of these things. So for us, we kept them completely separate. Pocket money and jobs were separate in our house. So we gave them pocket money, but we didn't do it for uh, for their jobs that they did. But I didn't really actually think about that until I read an article the other day that really clarified for me why I kept the two separate, even though, like I said, I kind of did it intuitively at the time. But when I read this article, it rang a bell where I thought, yeah, that is actually why we kept it 
separate, that just helps me to articulate it. So I really wanted to share it with you guys because I think it will really help you. Uh, So we're going to talk about pocket money and jobs, and I want to talk about the value that they bring to your kids' lives. Look, another highlight from this week, do you remember a few weeks ago I talked about the value of making their bed, how all these little things that we do that we could easily just bypass as nothing can really teach life skills and values to our children and especially to their uh, to help develop their character. But another one, actually a friend of mine who now lives overseas, she listens to the podcast. She's got two beautiful little girls and she's like, Renee, my girls make their bed every morning and they also help set the dining table every night. And I'm like, send me a picture. And she did. And it was the sweetest thing. So I want to talk about the value of pocket money and jobs just like I did the other week when uh, I talked about making their bed. So we intuitively just didn't give our kids pocket money for doing their jobs because doing jobs, in my mind, was not something that we wanted them to be paid for or rewarded for because doing jobs, to me, was, was and still is an expected part of being in our family. And in our mind, kids shouldn't be paid for doing things for the family or for cleaning up after themselves. That should just be kind of a given. Uh, and the reason is, and look, you might do it differently. You might uh, you might like to give, I know some people that would give a certain amount for each job, like each job their child did, they would give them 50 cents, right? And if you want to do that, honestly, I'm not like totally against that. I'm just saying this is how we did it and this is why. So again, think about think about why you would do that. Why are you going to pay your child for every single job that they do? Like, do you have a good reason for that? And if you do, absolutely go for it. But for us, if we gave kids, our kids pocket money for doing, for doing jobs, we thought it would just create uh, a thought process that was maybe a little bit self-centered. Like I'm only going to do something, not because I'm part of the Bennett family and this is what we do, but because I'm getting paid for it. And I was concerned it would create, you know, a sense of entitlement and that they would only be motivated. Oh, I just had a fly fly at me. (laughs) Sorry. That they'll only be motivated to do things because of what they're going to get out of it. So giving pocket money to do a job, in my mind, that creates extrinsic motivation rather than intrinsic motivation. So it creates extrinsic motivation, i.e. I will do this because I'm going to get something for it instead of the intrinsic motivation that we're really after, which is I will do this because it's the right thing to do, because I want to help, because I'm part of this family. And that's what I wanted. That's what we wanted to teach our kids. We didn't want to teach them that you get something for doing something because a lot of uh, a big part of being a part of a family is helping one another, not because you're going to get something out of it. So pocket money and family jobs or chores, whatever you want to call them, actually both teach very different skills and they teach really different values to your children. And so what I want to do today, and then I'll probably do the rest next week, I want to start uh, by really focusing on pocket money and the values that it teaches. And I just think this is another reason we kept them separate as well is because they both are so valuable um, and we wanted them to kind of stand alone. So let's talk about 
what, uh, let's talk about pocket money. Before we get into the values, let's just go a little bit practical. Uh, Some people have asked uh, me before, is there a, a right age? And it's really up to you. And when you think that your child is ready to understand money, I think children are very different uh, when they're very young. But whenever you think that your child is ready, so for us, we waited until our children were in school. So we waited until they were in prep, which made them usually, you know, four and a half to five. But if you feel like your child is ready at the age of four or even three, you know, you get some children that are really maths and numbers minded, even at the age of three, you could maybe start them that young. But for me, we started them at five. Uh, Now, is there a right amount? Again, completely up to you. But one, a friend told me years ago, and it just made sense to me. And I absolutely loved it. uh, And that was to give them the amount that is half of their age. And I think that's so sweet. And so that's what we did. Uh, And the other thing about that is they knew that with every birthday that came, they were going to get a pay rise, right? Like of of 50 cents. So if they were, if they were 10 years of age, then they got half that. So they got $5 every week. If they were seven, then they got $3.50. So of course, with each birthday, they knew that their pocket money amount would go up. So let's talk about what does pocket money teach them? And like I said, it really is so valuable to teach lifelong habits and patterns. I probably would say that um, Cameron and I, I don't know that I actively taught them as much as I wanted to when it came to money. Uh, I know some parents are really good, like they will they will give their children cash and they'll sit there and they'll divide it out and a little bit goes here and a little bit goes there. To be honest, I found it a little bit tricky to always have the exact right amount of cash, um, you know, to be able to divvy their money up. And so I probably didn't do that as much as I should have. If you are that way inclined, I'd rather read my child a Bible story than sit there finding exactly the right amount of coins for three different children, right? But if you are that way inclined, absolutely go for it. Like I wish I probably had been a little bit more uh, in, um, what do you call it? I can't think of the word, but a little bit more um, intent. That's not the right word, is it? I can't think. Anyway, I'm tired, guys. It's the end of the day. Uh, But if you're interested, there's a really good book. You guys probably have heard of The Barefoot Investor. There's actually, I think it's on my shelf. I'm looking at my shelf. I think there's one called The Barefoot Investor for Kids. And so if you're interested, go along and have a look at that. But anyway, I want to give you six things that it teaches your kids. Look, even if you're like me and you're not going to sit there and divvy it up and go a little bit here, a little bit there, but you're just giving them a $5 note, whatever it is, there's still five things that your kids are going to learn that are absolutely invaluable. And the first thing is it teaches them to save. Now, if they can learn to save when they're eight or 10 or 11, they will be savers when they're 20, 21, 22. And I can say that because I've watched my kids. My kids all were savers when they were young. 
And they're all really good savers now. Now, I see this in the academy, guys, all the time, where young people never seem to have enough money. Some young people never pay their fees on time, or, you know, if there's a book that we buy. And uh, I remember this year, there was a particular book that was sent to us from overseas, and I got all the students to, um, to pay for one so that we could do a bit of a book club together. And I'm still chasing that money. So let me just pause on that for a little moment. I see a lot of young adults in leadership spaces who seem to have no idea how to manage money. They can't manage their youth budget or a church budget, but I feel like it's unfair to kind of get up them for that. It doesn't mean that we don't correct it and teach them, but they obviously have never been taught to manage a personal budget. You know, I've had youth pastors who tell us that the main church has to constantly bail them out of debt after events or camps, and that's just unacceptable. And so I guarantee that those people that struggle with those budgets, that their personal finances are completely up the creek as well. And the reason is they've never been taught. They've not been taught as children, because if they were, then they would still hold those values. That's the powerful thing about this. The values that you teach them as children, they go into adulthood with. So savings a big part of that. And, um, you know, I really do tire of chasing young adults, but it just seems, it just seems like they haven't been taught and they've got no idea. And it really does them no favor for their future if they can't save. Like if your child really wants something, right? They, they, they go to the shops and they see something that they really want, even though you could buy it for them right then and there, because it might not be expensive. You might have the money for it. Just don't buy it for them. Can I, can I give you that as your next little project? Next time your child sees something and they want it, don't get it for them. Get them to save for it because they will value it so much more. And it might be a little toy now, but tomorrow it's going to be a car or a house and something of you know much greater value. My sister-in-law is incredible at this. Her girls are so grateful and she always makes them save for things. And I just, I just love watching that. All right. So number one, it teaches them to save. Number two, it teaches them to spend. Now you might go, what? We don't want them spending. We want them saving. Well, no, we actually need to teach them how to do healthy spending. I know some children who are the complete opposite and they save all their money and they never spend any. It is actually healthy to teach them to spend a little bit, right? Because then you can teach them how much to spend. If they never spend any, then it's not teaching them a healthy balance. People who have a balance of spend and save are also much more generous. And those who won't spend, do you know what I've noticed? Those who don't spend are usually a little bit stingy. And we do not want stingy children, guys. They only want to, you know, keep the money for themselves. Now, one of my kids, when I'll say they, so you don't know which one, if it's the the boys or Georgia. But when they started a job, they're like, mum, I'm going to save 100% of my money. And none of my kids are stingy, by the way, okay? But this child is very goal-oriented. Mum, I'm going to save 100% of my money. And so we said to this child, that is not realistic. So it's really good to enjoy a little bit of what you've worked hard for. And so we taught this child the balance. And The other thing is too, when it comes to spending, teach them not just to spend it on themselves, 
but to spend a little bit on someone else. So with my kids, once they start their full-time jobs, we expect them to buy birthday gifts for one another, but it's a pleasure. They get so excited and, well, I wouldn't say excited. That's probably an over an overstatement. They they are very happy, put it this way, they're very happy to show one another love by being thoughtful and buying a gift. So teach them not just to spend on themselves, but on others. Number three, it teaches them to budget. This is invaluable. So when they're having to learn to save a little and spend a little, it is so good because if they can learn to budget $5, then they're going to learn and it's going to come so easy to them in years to come to budget $1,000. You know, my none of my kids, uh, even when they didn't earn very much, they never had nothing in their bank accounts. They've always got a little bit of something. They've always got a little bit of money. I, I never, because they, they're not overspenders. They've learned how to budget. It stops them from getting into debt. So many young people get into debt. And, and like I said, so many young adults can't budget and it gets them into massive financial trouble, not just themselves personally, but in their workspaces and their work lives as well. Okay, so that's the first three. Number one, it teaches them to save. Number two, it teaches them to spend. Number three, it teaches them to budget. Number four, it teaches them to prioritize. When they have to deal with their own money, they begin to see what is and isn't important. If you're spending someone else's money, you don't get a sense of what's really important because you don't really care because it's someone else's money. But when it's theirs, they learn to prioritize. So for my kids, they know tithing is a priority. Saving is a priority. Spending within budget is a priority. They learn to prioritize what I want versus what I need versus what I can afford. What a beautiful life lesson for them. I know this married young couple who are literally given everything they want and then some from one of the sets of parents. And this young married couple wear the most expensive outfits. They eat out all the time. They're renting an expensive um, uh, place of residence where they live. Their priorities are just all wrong. We tell our kids that one day, like I say this all the time to, or particularly to my boys, but to Georgia as well, one day you're going to need to provide for a family. See, I'm, we're teaching them even at a young age, their responsibilities in the future. And so we say to them, guys, you need to work towards owning a home. Now, some people that might say, well, that's not a value. This is the thing. I've seen the other end of this. I've seen people in my, um, in my own family, um, who, for, for due to look different circumstances, I've seen people close to me who go into their re- retirement age without without actually owning a home and the the financial stress that that causes them to try and pay rent on you know really small amounts of of money in your retirement years and so you know we know as adults how how quickly life goes and so we say to our kids now you need to be responsible you need to be able to provide you need to have your priorities in order and so my kids are really great in the sense of they have nice clothes but they certainly don't overspend they've they've all got good functioning cars but nothing super flash except i must say Liam just bought a golf gti <laughs> but again you know um he saved for it and so, and he ummed and he was not going to worry and instead start to, you know, 
uh, buy a home and we're like, you know what, bud, you're young. Uh, And again, it's that balance. You work hard, buy the nice car that you want, and then you can start saving for a house. Okay. Number five, this is gold. It teaches them delayed gratification. This is huge. Too many kids are given what they want when they want it. And parents think that this is good, right? They think I'm being a good parent because I'm providing everything. Guys, it's not good parenting. You're not helping them. Did you know that a lack of delayed gratification is actually linked to anxiety by psychologists? I didn't know that until I heard a psychologist actually on an episode I'm going to drop over the Christmas break where he was talking about the correlation between delayed gratification and anxiety. And I thought, oh my gosh, we are in a in, in a time in society where no one has delayed gratification. You get everything you want when you want it fast, right? And so isn't it no wonder that if it's linked to anxiety, that anxiety is also on the rise. So when kids have to have their own money and they have to budget and they've got to save and then they, and they can save for something and spend a little bit, they don't just get everything that they want, right? That teaches them delayed gratification and it actually makes them grow into better adults. I mean, do you want to be married to someone who was never taught delayed gratification and just was, you know, will not worry about saving for anything, but just get everything that they want right now? Like, I'm so grateful that Cameron was never like that. I'm not like that. Uh, you know, people that learn delayed gratification, they're not selfish. They're, they're not all about themselves because they've learned to, to wait for things and to work for things. And number six, it teaches generosity. So again, when you learn to save a little, spend a little, budget, you're not stingy, it just teaches them generosity. Now, I touched on this a little or a couple of minutes ago, but when they're taught how to properly handle money, they actually do learn to be about other people. So get them to buy something out of their own money. I mean, Christmas is coming up. You know, our church is uh, doing Hope Hope in a Suitcase, I think it's called, where we're buying items for children who are taken out of their homes in emergency situations and are put in foster care, emergency foster care. They often just grab um, a plastic bag, shove a few things in, and that's it. And so our church is collecting all sorts of beautiful things to put in a suitcase so these children have something special when they're taken out of their homes. Now, I'm going to make sure, and I'll be talking to my kids to make sure they're not just relying on me, on mum, to be giving, but that they actually physically go out, like, you know, do something for someone else, take a bit of time out of your day, go to the shop, get the list out and buy some things and then bring it to church and put it under the Christmas tree. It brings tears to my eyes. I love Christmas. But, um, you know, teach your kids to do, and there's a lot of ways you can teach them to do things for other people, but use that, teach them to do it with their money. Okay. I see young adults sometimes, I'm sorry, I'm blaming young adults, but I'm around young adults a lot. I see a lot of young adults being so scabby and stingy, even when it comes to things like going out for dinner or going out for coffee. Now we've taught our kids, you know, pay for other people, pay for someone else's drink, pay for someone else's meal. 
that was modeled to Cameron and I. And whenever people are with Cameron and I, we always pay. And sometimes people will try. Although I must say, when we first moved to Queensland, we were shocked. <laughs> we were shocked that nobody would pay. Everyone went Dutch treat, like pay for yourself. But we didn't come from that environment where we came from in Adelaide. And so we've kind of tried to change things with the people around us. But, you know, my kids will often buy things for other people. But they didn't just learn that overnight. They learned that because that was a part of the value system of our family. And something that Cameron teaches over and over and over and over to our kids, he he quotes it all the time, is a scripture that says the world of the generous gets larger and larger. And so, of course, that means the opposite is true. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And so that's a really good thing to teach your kids. So there you go. I knew that that would take up that much time. So next week we'll do part two and we'll talk about uh, what value jobs bring. And like I said, that's why we keep the two separate because they are just so valuable and we want to teach our kids intrinsic We want them to be intrinsically motivated to do things because it's the right thing to do, not because they're being rewarded or given money for it. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't sometimes reward them extra. Like my kids would do extra things like if they mowed the lawn or if they, you know, cleaned my car or did something over and above, I would pay them for that. So it's not like you can never pay them for a job, okay? So just, again, there's always balance in everything. So there you go, guys. Um, If you join me on Wednesday, we've been doing uh, a series that's really gone down really well, actually, on New Age uh, called Stranger Things. So we've talked about all sorts, talked about manifesting, yoga. Uh, We did witchcraft last week because witchcraft is massive on TikTok. Have a look up hashtag witch talk on, on TikTok. Massive. So we've been talking all about that. So come join me then. Otherwise, I'll see you back for part two next week on the value of having family jobs or chores. There you go. Love you guys. Have a great week. Bye.